IPA is a faith uh, uh, and community-based organization that works for justice in our community, in our state, and nationally. Now, my personal background, Joyce, if you want to bring up the slide, is uh, in the Lutheran Church. And in the Lutheran Church, we do a lot of social services, very much like the Good Samaritan, where one person uh, helped another person who was in need. But uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said, we should be asking ourselves, why was the road to Jericho so unsafe in the first place? And if we focus more on cleaning up the road to Jericho, then there wouldn't be so many people who would be in need of good Samaritans to provide those goods and services. And that's what community organizing is really all about. Next slide. In the Jewish faith, uh, there are a number of levels. Eight levels of charity. And the first level of charity is giving begrudgingly. And then it, uh, it, it moves up and up and up until the last level of charity uh, means to repair the world. And it's the level of charity when charity is no longer needed because we live in a just world. And that is also our goal at IPA, is to live in a just world where, once again, as I said before, we wouldn't have a need um, for individual acts of charity. We believe in the power of everyday people to bring this about. Uh, our former president, Barack Obama, and other people before him said, we are the people we've been waiting for. And I would like, if you, if you don't believe that, hopefully you'll believe it by the end of uh, the next 15 minutes or so. But we are. We are the people we've been waiting for. Next slide. I came on staff at the beginning of the foreclosure market crisis. Um, IPA, Illinois People's Action, at that time we were called the Central Illinois Organizing Project. And we were getting a lot of calls from around the region from people who were facing foreclosure. Many of them were seniors, and uh, particularly senior women and people of color. In this slide, you'll see a picture of Vernell and Valeria Armour. They were housing rich and cash poor. Uh, somebody knocked on their door and said, I notice your soffits and your gutters are in bad shape, and uh, do you own your home? And they said, yes, we do. And they said, well, you've got cash in your house. And we can help you get things fixed at a low price that you're going to be able to afford. And instead, they got a home improvement loan that, with a skyrocketing interest rate. And before they knew it, they were facing foreclosure. Well, they called IPA. And they were the ones that kind of helped us finally kick off a campaign. We had been getting enough of these calls. We said, we're going to do something about it. So we called 100 of our senior members. And then we sent a letter to Countrywide, who owned the loan. And we said, will you come out to a meeting at the Armour's house? 
Well, they didn't show up, and we didn't expect them to, but we had 100 seniors in the front yard, so we put them in the buses that we had waiting, and we took them to the countrywide office, where we, where we occupied the office until I got a call on my phone uh, from a vice president out in California saying, call off your seniors, we'll work out a payment plan. Well, they more than worked out a payment plan. They, uh, they forgave a fair portion of the loan and the armors were able to keep their home. And that Christmas, uh, Vernell called me and he said, I just wanna thank the Central Illinois Organizing Project. Valeria passed away, but she passed away in her own home. So that is a, that is a story. Now, that kicked off our organizing campaign on foreclosures. And many of those hundred people that were in that front yard got on a bus, and these are seniors, many of them in their 70s, got on a bus and went with us to um, Washington, D.C., where we were joined with, by people from other groups like ours around the country. And we put 800 people in the front yard of Ben Bernanke, who was then chair of the Federal Reserve. Maybe that name will resonate with a few of you. And we said, we want you to come out to our communities and see how our communities are being decimated. And he gave us a meeting the next day. And then we did uh, something similar with uh, Treasury Secretary Tim Geithner. And um, the, the Treasury came to Peoria. We took them on a tour of the community and 300 of us then met with uh, the Treasury. Tim himself did not come, but his representatives came. And that uh, helped us then get the attention of the folks that we needed to get. And we did policy work that brought around the HAMP, uh, which was a home mortgage uh, foreclosure program and the HARP. And by the time we were done, we had saved 500 families in the central Illinois region from foreclosure. They were in foreclosure. <laughs> Could I have the next slide, Joyce? Predatory home foreclosure lending is not the only kind of predatory lending there is. This is a picture of us doing an action uh, outside of a predatory payday lender here in Peoria. Uh, we held church outside of the uh, predatory lender. We had a, a young woman who in the picture is right here. And um, she had a payday loan at uh, over 300% interest. And IPA said, we will pay off the, you know, we will pay off her loan, and, um, but we don't want to pay off any more of the interest. She had already paid the full interest on the loan, and now we wanted to pay off the rest of the loan, and they wouldn't let us do it because they were getting more money from her not being able to pay off the loan than from them gathering the interest on the loan. So predatory payday lending, these 300% these interest rates, they really focus on the working poor. And uh, we had another leader, uh, Billy Ashmuller, who took out a loan against her biggest asset, which was her car. 
And she ended up being caught in a loan with interest rates so high that she ended up having to use the money that should have gone to her rent to pay off her car loan. She ultimately lost her rental home and was living in her car and was at risk of losing the car. So she came to fight with us and told her story uh, on the floor of the General Assembly. And uh, we are fighting these loans right now. We have a bill in the General Assembly that would cap interest rates on predatory car title lending at 36%. Now that still is too high and we know that, but that is a national average. Many states in the United States do not allow this type of predatory car title lending, but in Illinois it's legal. And it wasn't always legal. We want you to have what were called usury laws, but those went away in the 1980s. Uh, and, um, you know, so there are many people who are victims of these loans. So that is something that we're fighting now, too. Next slide. We are also involved in the immigration fight. Um, there's two slides, uh, slides here in the immigration fight. We fought for driver, the driver's license campaign 10 years ago and also welcoming city ordinances. Uh, we got one passed in normal Illinois, and now we are working on getting one passed in Bloomington, Illinois. On the environmental issue, next slide, Joyce. Um, uh, Peoria, and you may not know this, some of you do, I know. Peoria has six times the rate of asthma of the rest of the state of Illinois. How many of you did not know that? Raise your hand. Yeah. Do you know why you have six times the rate of asthma? Coal. Yes, it's coal. It's the Edwards Power Plant. And it, uh, it spews. Shut it down. Thank you. Yeah, shut it down. So uh, IPA leaders have testified at the state level and at federal EPA hearings many, many times on this issue. And we are working, we work to pass the Future Energy and Jobs Act, and now we're working to pass the Clean Energy Jobs Act to shut down coal and replace it with clean, renewable energy and energy efficiency. Could I have the second slide of that? Yeah. Um, let me see. Yeah. Okay. So the Future Energy Jobs Act, which we got passed in uh, 2016, many of you probably in this church signed petitions uh, to get the attention of the governor to sign that bill. And these pictures are pictures of us delivering, those are boxes of petitions to the governor's office demanding that he sign the bill. Um, we fought to make sure, and, and we've got a new bill that hopefully will be coming out this fall called the Clean Energy Jobs Act, and it does much more. It builds on the future Energy Jobs Act, but the four pillars of the Clean Energy Jobs Act would have us off of fossil fuels in the electric sector by 2030, would have us on renewable energy uh, throughout the state uh, by 2050, uh, would remove the equivalent of a million gas and diesel powered, powered vehicles in the state, 
And then there is also a focus because the people that feel uh, pollution worst and climate change first and worst are typically communities of color and low-income communities and disadvantaged communities. Because you don't ever see a coal-fired power plant in a gated neighborhood, do you? No. No, they are, they are next to poor rural or poor um, urban communities. So the last pillar of the Clean Energy Jobs Act has us fighting for those jobs to come back to the communities that have been disenfranchised and for those communities to have opportunities for energy sovereignty. In other words, they could own a piece of clean energy like a solar panel if they're a renter that they could buy into community solar and that uh, they have an opportunity to build wealth themselves. So that's what we're fighting for. Now, nationally, Illinois People's Action is also working nationally. Many of you, how many of you heard of the Green New Deal? A lot of you have heard of the Green New Deal. And uh, the Clean Energy Jobs Act in Illinois really has some teeth to it. So it's like how we would get the Green New Deal at a state level. But the Green New Deal is an aspirational bill at the national level. And um, a couple of us just went to a, a working meeting in Detroit the last few days. We came back yesterday afternoon. And the idea behind this conference, uh, which was led by environmental justice communities and communities of color, uh, and as a privileged white person, I was a minority in the room, so this is encouraging um, to see them leading the fight of what we need to see to get teeth in a national Green New Deal. Next slide. Uh, let's see. Okay. Well, healthcare is a fairly new issue. We're just starting to organize on healthcare. And um, we took this fight uh, to one of our elected officials. And if you can see this big placard here, that, that's about this big. And if you see all the pink slips, they filled the office window of his office because he refused to meet with us. And they said, while you were out, and all of our members wrote what they wanted him to know while he was out. Uh, and kind of like uh, in these troubling times, while he has checked out of what everyday Americans are experiencing, um, what we collectively wanted him to know is that we want him to protect dreamers and to keep families together, to ensure a strong EPA with no gag order on strong air and water protection, no cuts to Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, and to make healthcare a human right that is accessible and affordable to all. We're starting the healthcare fight by collecting people's healthcare stories. And almost everyone we know has one. I have one. This is my grandson. His name is Oliver. He was born with a very, very rare genetic disorder called Cornelia DeLange syndrome. Many kids who have this syndrome don't make it to adulthood. And my son, Oliver's dad, 
is a professional cellist, uh, and he worked on contract with the Lyric Opera in Chicago playing. Uh, and he had that job for several years, and when Oliver was born, there are many health impacts that come with his diagnosis. And Andrew had to quit his job because there wasn't good enough insurance in that job, and he is now doing a desk job with an insurance company so that he has enough insurance to cover the costs of Oliver's health care, which last year alone were $90,000. I know I'm not the only one in this room to have a health care story. How many of you either have a health care story yourself or know someone who has a health care story? Look around. Keep your, raise your hands high. Look around. Turn around if you're in a seat and look at how many hands are up. We, even if you don't have a health care story, we bet that there are things that you're concerned about that keep you up at night the environment, immigration, uh, the problems we're seeing with this divided country. We know that these are things that people talk about at the kitchen table and that keep them awake at nights. And that's why we organize. We want your stories and we want your leadership. We want your expertise. And when we're on the front lines, we want your bodies. Because if there's one thing our elected officials know how to do, they know how to count. Yeah, I saw somebody just doing this. Yes, they know how to count. Uh, too often, um, when, as, as I talked about in the, the moment for mission, we think that organizing happens organically. It doesn't happen organically. It is. It is an orchestrated campaign. Can I have the next slide? Okay. Mahatma Gandhi. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. Okay? Yes. Then you win. And, and sometimes it has to be a fight. Now, it, the, we're, the IPA, when I talk about organizing, that doesn't mean that we only do actions. You know, we're involved at many levels. We're involved at the policy level. Uh, we have uh, leaders and I as staff that are on every policy call for the writing of the Clean Energy and Jobs Act. Every single Tuesday morning, we're on that call. Uh, we have uh, uh, people who are involved heavily in training so that we are speaking the same language. Uh, we have people that are involved in the narrative. You know, our opposition is very good at the narrative. And they're very disciplined. And, you know, um, big corporations who, who often we're in a fight with, they have much more power than we do. So we have to rely on people power. That's you and me together organizing in this fight to make it happen. Uh, we have room for you and the church as a whole to get more involved. Some of you are already involved. We'd like all of you to be involved. As a member of IPA, as I mentioned in the moment for mission, we would like to host a training right here in this church 
so that we are speaking all the same language, so that you can hear more about the campaign, so that you can get deeper in the campaigns that you want to be involved in. I'll be talking to Pastor Linda, to Pastor Dave, to Nancy Benzon, to Joyce. Um, talk to them too and, and tell them you're interested so that as we set this up, that you can join us in this fight. We have a chant. I say when we fight, you say we win. When we fight, we win. When we fight, we win. When we fight, we win. Thank you very much.